What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Two Worlds Podcast. I'm Jake, and with me, as always, is the Sakura to my Naruto. It's Casey. What's up, buddy? Are those two friends? Because I always thought that Naruto had a crush on him, on her, but she was like, she was like, no, nah, I want Sasuke. He's emo. That, is that... that that you're right? You are okay. Correct. Okay, just just making sure. I was like. I vaguely remember this stuff. I'm not a Naruto <laughs> head, so I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, at first I was going to say Sasuke to my Naruto, but we're way too friendly to be those two. So yeah, we're, we're past the, uh, you know, like the will they, won't they. We're just at the will they. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we're at the they will. They will. Absolutely. <laughs> but no, All I'm not right. bad, man. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm good. i Listened to a whole bunch of Bowie today and read my comics, so it was very chill and enjoyable. What what album did you listen to? I listened to all of Black Star and all of Ziggy Stardust. Nice. It wasn't super like I had I got Black Star when it came out. I just wasn't like wasn't super into that one. That one's that one's tough because when you listen to the lyrics on that album, you know that he knew he was dying mm-hmm. when he wrote that album. So some songs, man, it's it's emotional for me because I'm sure you remember that's like the only celebrity death that's ever really hit me like that. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, it's not one where like you listen to and you're gonna it's gonna be like a happy like follow along to Bowie sort of thing. It's kind of yeah. sad, but. But that's why I did that one first, just because I, uh, my mom actually recently got it for me on vinyl. Um, so I just figured I had to do a proper listen through on vinyl with it. But then I, uh, I got into a cheerier mood and listened to Ziggy, which is my favorite Bowie album ever. It was a good one. Yeah. What's your favorite Bowie song? Is this a David Bowie podcast? Bowie cast? I mean, I mean, it, it could be. Um, <laughs> mine would be probably changes. What about you? changes um probably star man yeah i love one. that song i always i 100 percent always think of the purple star man when i hear it now too. yeah i know uh that'd be that'd be a cool mashup of bowie and star man huh i mean it's in all honesty some of those are that early star man it's pretty close yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well, let's get into the news. There's a ton of news this week, and you have about triple what I do. So read, you know, do like three, and then I'll do one and what okay. have you. All right. So first, I'm just going to get this stuff out of the way because it's just kind of like trailer related. But we had a bunch of different trailers drop. We had uh, the Injustice trailer drop. It looks pretty great. Like, in all honesty, the, like with this, you already know the story because we've played the games. But the really, you're just kind of going off the voice acting because the story's the exact same it looks like so the voice acting is really good and i'm pretty interested in it. did you watch the trailer i did not watch the trailer all right it's one I, of those where like i don't need to because i'm gonna watch yeah it. <laughs> i just i basically just watched it because i was like eh, might as well i'm not doing anything and it, it'll be you know i can talk about it on the podcast there's not much to it that we haven't seen before so it like i said it's pretty interesting i don't know how they're gonna be able to do this i think it's supposed to be like a three movie thing but still like all the crap that's in the comics too. Like I think they did like two seasons or whatever before Tom Taylor took over. It seemed like he did 50 seasons of it. So 
I don't know how they're going to be able to, you know, do all of that stuff, but who knows? Um, then we also got some video game trailers. So we have a Wolverine like teaser trailer, which was just Wolverine sitting at this bar where everyone's been beat up. And then like one guy kind of gets up and it, then Wolverine's claws come out. That's really it. But that game's going to be pretty awesome because it's the same creative team off of the Spider-Man Miles Morales game. It's in the very early stages of development, but it's still like it's by Insomniac who did the other Spider-Man game. It should be just fantastic. The Spider-Man games were great. Insomniac in general makes pretty great games. I don't know. I honestly don't know anything they've done but outside of the Spider-Man games. I I could be way off here, but I'm pretty sure they did Spyro, and I, oh, I okay. freaking love Spyro. Yeah, I mean, it makes it it makes sense since it's a Sony branded thing, so you know. But then also Spider Man Two, there was a trailer for that. The trailer showed both Miles and Peter fighting, and that was like supposed to be actual game footage when they're fighting. And then it ended with Venom, and Venom is voiced by Candyman himself, Tony Todd, and. I'll be honest. So this dude, I really know him. I don't know him as Candyman. I know him as the CIA agent from Chuck who died in the second season. So I never think of him having a creepy voice. But as soon as you hear his voice as Venom, I'm like, oh, dang, this is very creepy. So who's Candyman? Candyman, uh, old horror movie that they just kind of re-released or they you know made a reboot or whatever like a couple weeks ago. Oh. Okay. It's kind of a, I'll say like cult classic, I know. And then like this new one looks pretty creepy. I mean, me and the girlfriend like haven't been able to see it yet. She kind of wants to, but at the same time, the old ones freaked her out so much that she's like, I don't know if I want to see this new one. Yeah, 90s horror films ruined horror for me, dude. I was too yeah. young. The Leprechaun, yeah. you know, Scream, all those. Uh-uh. <laughs> I gotcha, man. Um. So then the first trailer for the Matrix, the new Matrix movie dropped. It looks all right. Like I never was overly into the Matrix as other people were. So like when I saw this, like it kind of got hyped up for me and it looks cool, but it's still just the Matrix. So I don't know. Did you watch it? No, I've seen the Matrix Matrix movies a couple times. Uh, and I'm not even opposed to watching through them again just because uh, it's been a very long time. But I think it's neat that they got a new one made. So I'll probably check it out eventually. Yeah. And then the first Hawkeye trailer dropped. Did you like You had to have seen this one. I sure did. I, okay, I'm glad we didn't just like completely strike out on the trailers you watched. Uh, what did you think of it, bud? I think it's looks awesome really um the music kind of made it seem like like it was going to be all jokes you know what i mean and i yeah. hope that that's not the case and it probably isn't the case but uh but i mean in general i'm very very hyped for it same i mean it's it looked pretty great it gave me very much matt fraction vibes which is what they were going for uh, i like the actress that plays kate from the little bit that I saw. There's nothing really bad to say about it. My main thing is um, I don't know if I'm going to remember to watch it on Disney Plus, but that's the only downside because it's on Disney Plus. I think I think you're the only one with that issue, bud. I know. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying it's like, oh, I hate Disney Plus. So I just forget that it's a thing. Yeah. 
And I think that was my last trailer news. So, yeah, we can let you talk now. Okay. Um, so some new comics were announced this week. Actually, let, let's do this other one first. It's a callback to last week. Um, also on the Marvel front, but Greg Land will be replacing Joe Bennett on the Timeless book, which is the Kang uh, series coming out and marvel announced that they have dropped joe bennett entirely he will no longer be working with them so i have a, like i read this in the notes and first off i will say it's good that they grabbed joe bennett because he can just trace or um greg land they can just he can just trace joe bennett stuff and it'll be the same exact thing um but also it just kind of annoys me it's like oh yeah joe did something we didn't like in the past and like we didn't really care until people brought it to our attention and now we have to pretend to you know care by firing him and then we're gonna be shocked when he joins comics gate and is doing douchebaggy things online like that's what what's gonna happen now like give it a couple weeks he'll post something stupid online and then he'll you know he'll have hashtag comics gate and then people like oh what joe how could you and it's like well you didn't give him much of a choice you know (laughs) so yeah it's it's the same thing as we discussed last week um with al ewing it's like marvel's like oh people are mad we gotta do something let's fire the guy that has a different viewpoint than us (laughs) i'm not saying you know you can think that the drawing he did was bad because it was a pretty graphic drawing but uh you're gonna get mad because he has political views uh in a in a country you know nothing about like yeah i mean that's that's 100 (laughs) my thing it's like i know nothing about the brazilian politics so it's like should the that guy you know be wearing you know armor and have a sword and kill the the rat people no he shouldn't but you know it's just it's just kind of dumb yeah it is um okay and then i'll I'll do one other small one so one of your favorites francisco francavilla has a new comic coming out casey it's called Werewold. I assume it's going to be about werewolves, uh, but it will be written by Ben Percy and then uh, illustration all done by Frank Villa. So let's I see. Hope, I hope instead of being about werewolves, it's about this astronaut that's trying to find his way home. And he's like, Where is the world? I've seen the cover and I just don't think that's what it is, man. <laughs> All right. Well, darn. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's an illustrated novella about a year of increasing terror in a small Minnesota town. So, yeah. I think if it's you a like, swing and a miss on my idea then. It is, yeah. <laughs> but one of the little things was like, it's what if the purge were supernatural and like he didn't know who was infected or something like that. And then oh, it's going to okay. be about werewolves. So, uh, yeah. So you, you guys need to like watch stuff? the Check purge out. still, and then you can read that. It's just not happening. You could get <laughs> a thousand people to comment on the YouTube. Well, nah, I'd do it for a thousand, but you get the gist. You do it for like a hundred. 
I would, but let it be known that I wouldn't like it. I mean, maybe it could be different. Like you could be doing it. And like the next time you come on, you're just wearing like a purge shirt and you have like a big foam purge foam finger. It's like, dude, like, this is the, now the purge cast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So John Lee's is, you know, from Mountainhead fame is writing a new book called the Crimson Cage. It's going to be published by AWA studios and uh, it's set to release in December. Art duties will be by Alex Cormack, and it is a retelling of Macbeth, but with pro wrestling. It takes place in the 1980s ter- territory days of wrestling, which should be amazing. Like, I am genuinely so excited for this book. Like, I mean, honestly, if you're like, oh, it's a retelling of Macbeth, I'm like, no, thank you. And it's like with pro wrestling, I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> I read that and I was like, Oh, he is, he can't even contain his excitement for this. I know it. Yeah. It should be like so great. And just for the people, the, the, the listeners that don't know the territory days in pro wrestling were like before, basically before Vince McMahon jr. Who's the Vince McMahon that we all know and deal with is like before he took over, his father was in charge and he would only run in new york like he had the new york territories and like other little places and that's where his wwwf was and then we had all these other little territories that were all like south you know like you had like memphis and the you know and like all these other like places that were just ran by different people so like you would have rick flair and he would just run you know do all these different territories bruiser brody would do all these different territories and you'd have all these crazy, like insane stories about wrestlers near, like, cause, like people took it way more seriously then than they did now. Like Roddy Piper would have stories about nearly being killed multiple times because he was such a good heel. People wanted him dead. Same with Ric Flair. Same with Bruiser Brody. And he did die. So it's, yeah, this should be pretty awesome. Somebody killed him over yeah, wrestling? I, it was over money. Like, Bruiser, uh, so. I don't know how much you know about wrestling. Do you know who Carlito Colon is? No. Okay, he had a big fro. He used to be in WWE. He'd bite an apple. I'm like, I spit in the face. The people aren't cool. But his father, uh, something Colon, I'm blanking on his name, and Bruiser Brody got into an argument over the money Bruiser was owed. And then uh, I think it was Carlos Colon. Carlos ended up stabbing him multiple times in a shower. And Bruiser ended up dying. And so then, like, all of the other wrestlers were like, that were there in Puerto Rico were like, oh, crap. We're going to die, too. We need to get out of here. <laughs> and so, yeah, like, there's a bunch of different people shooting on that and talk about it and stuff that were that were there that were like, this is not good. Like, I think, like, one of the Wild Samoans were there and they, like, this. there's always all these talks about the Samoan wrestlers being, like, the tough as nails. And so then there was, like... And so like they kind of talked to them, like, and then that guy's like, Don't worry. I called some of my some of my guys and they're gonna make sure we get out of this. <laughs> and then also just talking about since we're talking about wrestling, Stephen Amel, who's wrestled in the past, he's also been arrow. He's in a show called Heels, and he was on uh Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. And he revealed that he's like, I've not been talked to at all, but I would love to come back as Green Arrow be it as in a limited series type of role or even like a multiverse type of role. He's like, no one's talked to me, but I would do it in a heartbeat. It's like, I just keep seeing like Michael Keaton coming back as Batman. He's hasn't been Batman forever. 
and it's like it's been like six years for me and i would just die to come back it'd be so great so that's interesting and maybe we'll see him come back with one of the mini multiverse bullcrap things that we're getting yeah i would love to see him in a in a more uh, comic accurate costume i like the arrow costume too but uh yeah i i'm curious if they would do that since they're so like against you know except for the one ezra miller flash thing like they're they're really against mixing the two i don't know i think they could since they are leaning heavily into the whole multiverse stuff so i could see it happening it would probably just be like you know a one-off they do it in the movies but then if it's like he talked about maybe doing something hbo so like something i maybe with i'm just gonna throw this out there doom patrol or with on titans you know they get a speedy in there and he's the arrow for that speedy or whatever i could see either of those happening really cool yeah so i mean i'm not saying like again i have no you know he said that he hasn't talked about it but it's like in a limited role like that i could see that happening have you seen his show heels i haven't it's on stars so i don't i don't get that stars yeah like the girlfriend got stars for like the 30 day free trial. And I didn't get, didn't get to squeeze the, mm. you know, squeeze that in at the time. Yeah. One thing that he did say that was really funny though, in that interview that I'm just going to share, listen to the interview. If you get the chance, it's pretty great. But uh, he, <laughs> the, they were talking about the trunks that they have to wear. And Rosie was like, I don't think I could ever wear those. Cause I don't have the legs for it. He's like, it's not really the legs you got to worry about. It's the package. It's like, you have to like, situate in a way because if you don't like it they'll be able to tell what your religion is (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious yeah it had me had me laughing pretty good i haven't seen the show either and probably won't but all the reviews say it's really good yeah i mean it's it's i like like alexander ludwig too he's great I don't even know who that is. Is that the other dude that's in the show? Plays his brother. He was in Vikings, one of the main characters. And is that uh, the one that you like kind of cosplayed? No, different guy. Oh, okay. He was also in the uh Hunger Games movies briefly too. Don't oh, know if nice. you watched those, probably not. But I did you know. not. Anyway, we can quit talking about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> so this was fun. Uh, Diamond canceled Halloween Comic Fest this year, Casey. And I had to find out through a comic book news site. Wow. Rather than through Diamond themselves. That That is some real deal crap. I mean, it's clear Diamond really cares about you guys, you know? Yeah. Are, are you going to do anything still for like the Halloween time? And, you know. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, like this, this is what we do for Halloween time. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. Probably not outside of like maybe do a sale that just like a general sale that weekend. And uh, I always put out and by I, I mean, my helper, John, who loves holiday comics. uh, He'll always put out, uh, go through all the bins and search for the seasonal books. So, um, you know outside of that probably not but once i read that i was like man what the what the heck and i went to the the diamond website and they posted it there but it's in like 
a one inch by one inch box down in the corner. Like you'd have to really look for it. And I'm like, this is the worst company in the world. Like, yeah, it's not. I'm not so good. mad that Funko signed that deal with them to keep them relevant because I want them to die. They they yeah. deserve to feel some pain. I know they have with Marvel and DC leaving, but it's not enough pain for me because I'm petty. Yeah. I know, man. <laughs> Okay, so this is this is interesting. Like, I'm probably not like I'm. I've been on like the fence about maybe getting a PS5 or not, but like after seeing this the Spider-Man stuff and the Wolverine stuff, and then this, it's kind of got me like maybe I do want it. But they're re remaking Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic for the PS5. It's actually just a timed exclusive, is what I heard. So it's just going to come out for the PS5 first, and then for the others, but. I love that game as did you. And I mean, one it's of like my very favorites. The one thing that has me like really worried about though, is like, you know, the last time they remade a star Wars game that people loved, <laughs> we was got battlefront. battlefront. Yeah. Battlefront. Yeah. yeah. It was not good. So like, I'm, I'm worried about being bad, but here's man, the difference good. though. This is an actual, like, they have to stick to this story game. Yeah. Where, where with Battlefront, it was just like, you know, you just got to fight people at these planets. So yeah. I still understand because I think EA is overall a pretty trash company, even though they own so many games that I love. Um, so, yeah, I totally get it. But I am very excited for that. I think it's only console timed exclusive i read that pc will get it same day as playstation which is good because that's all i play on now but uh but yeah i am absolutely getting that game on release dude because i actually tried to play it a couple months ago and like i can play it it's just you know data graphics don't really bother me it's just the first like third of that game takes place on Terrace, as you know, and that planet kind of sucks because it takes so long to get off that planet and in yeah. to the rest of the game. And it's like, man, the only way I think I can go through Terrace again is a remade version like this. So I'm just worried that since it's EA, they're going to be like, OK, so you get the regular lightsaber. But hey, if you spend a dollar ninety nine, you can customize its color. Yeah. And all of that, all of that nonsense, you know, so yep. I feel you. I think we'll that see. the uh, I think the announcement trailer was awesome, though, because, you know, it showed Revan, but it didn't give his name. And like it had iconic lines from the game in the trailer, but they didn't like they didn't tell us anything. They just, you know, told us through the only only real fans of the game would get it. And I'm like, okay, that that's a pretty nice touch. See, this is what's really funny is I didn't even see the trailer. I just was seeing like what was announced, you know, like the announcement stuff. So I'm like, I need to go watch that. I didn't know there was a trailer. Yeah, it's not. It's like a minute or two yeah. max. But uh, but you get like graphically enhanced Darth Revan, and he's just the coolest. Yeah. All right, and then I'll try to find another little one. Oh, Entertainment Weekly posted a first look at the Peacemaker series, and it's just kind of like John Cena sitting at a table with uh, Vigilante and then some of the Waller's people. And, I mean, 
John Cena is still in it, so I don't really care. Did you see that? <laughs> I didn't. Are we talking like V mask vigilante? Yeah, it was like I mean he didn't wear he didn't have the mask on, but it was the black suit. Oh, okay, cool. Which I didn't know he was supposed to be in it, but me either. And then some little bits of news that I just I like read bef- a little bit before we got on here. Uh, WB and Matt Reeves are reportedly in development on a series focusing on the Penguin's rise to power in Gotham's underworld. The series is tied to the Batman and features Colin Farrell's version of the Penguin. So we're basically getting Colin Farrell doing Gotham, it sounds like. I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I actually watched the trailer for the Batman um, a little bit ago after reading that. And man, I just get more and more and more excited for that, dude. I cannot wait to watch it. I'm ho- I, I'm hoping fan uh, DC Fandom drops some new trailers or something for it because mm-hmm. I'm I'm getting hyped for it. Uh, and then this is gonna get you hyped, I know. Ethan Hawke will voice Batman in Bat Wheels. Uh, <laughs> this series will focus on a group of sentient crime-fighting cars who defend Gotham alongside Batman. So it's like Fast and the Furious meets Batman. I'm guessing that this is for children. I hope not, but I think you're right. <laughs> hope it's pretty gritty, you know? Yeah. To get Vin Diesel there. Like some it's, it's a crossover. That'd be oh man, that'd be great. <laughs> okay, and then my last bit of news, it's just kind of a rumor. So there's not much to this, but there's a rumor going around that Daredevil will appear in a yellow costume in She-Hulk. Uh, it will kind of reference past events, but they'll never, they'll be like pretty vague. Be like, oh yeah, he fought a bald guy, you know, something like that. Uh, like won't really kind of say like the Netflix stuff happened, but also won't say it didn't happen. It's only going to be in about two episodes though, that he'll show up. We'll see if that's true. See if it's not, I, you know, I'm still hoping he shows up in Spider-Man. I think it's I think seeing the yellow costume is neat, but if they're if they're not saying that the Netflix stuff didn't happen, then why would he go from that costume to the yellow? Yeah. Oh, and then I lied. I still have one other thing. Uh <laughs> so yeah, I you have one other thing too, right? Um I have I have two things, but they all kind of go together. It's just some right. comic stuff. So then then I'll just talk about this really quick. So like I don't know if we ever talked about it, but there was a squirrel girl in the new warrior show that was supposed to come out, but then like nothing ever happened with it. And so I found out what was supposed to happen. So I'm going to try to go to the Twitter because this person, I guess like the person that ran the show um, got mad and they then posted like all their crap, all their stuff on the whole internet, you know, like on the old Twitter and then they'd had to delete it really quick. And so then, like, all right, there we go. And so, like, this person screenshot everything, though, before it got, you know, taken down. Because, like, and they just repost everything. It's like, so the guy, uh, it's, the person's name is Maddie Washburn on Twitter. And he's like, for those who missed it last night, a ton of photos and videos from the production of unaired MCU New Warriors pilot got dropped. But the OP deleted them. Luckily, I saved it all. So, here. so there's a bunch of pictures. Um, there's a like a bunch of random things. It shows like a lot of squirrel girl stuff. The costume's not the best. Like I hope they kind of like, it looks like cosplay, 
and it's hard to make a big tale look good. But it was the show was said to take a lot of cues from the Great Lake Avengers. Uh, apparently, the show was wrongfully iced for being in quotes too gay by some piece of s exec script excerpts included and then they talk about some of the script stuff and i mean when they always talk about that stuff it's like this person's just looking at like making money you're not going to make money with a chinese audience that you know they had to bleep out the uh gay kiss in star wars if they're making a show too gay they're not going to be making money off of them so i get it uh and then there was going to be a trip you know tippy the squirrel is going to be in there and he was going to be a total jerk but sweet and loving and then it showed like some of the different costumes the costumes were very much off of eric henderson's run on the comic they had some footage from the set and yeah i mean it kind of talks a little more about tippy the squirrel like you can like i said it's maddie washburn on twitter you can look it up there it's i mean like it doesn't sound like a show i would have enjoyed but around the time this announced squirrel girl was kind of getting deadpool treatment and you know where they're just trying to push her down our throats and i never like that so that might be why i wouldn't enjoy it but any of that sounds like stuff that you know you were interested in or no nah. yeah i, <laughs> I like so. what's her name um milana vandrup yeah yeah but so is so is this show dead in the water that's the way it sounds it sounds like the pilot just they're like nope we don't want the pilot. No, fair enough. Okay, so more Marvel Comics news. Jason Aaron and Mohamed Azrar are launching a new King Conan book at Marvel. It's going to be six issues and it'll be out in December. Will I read it? Yes. I'm glad that they announced it was six issues and didn't let them do what they did with the main conan book where they hype it up and aaron writes six issues and then they just let it die so yeah we'll see the uh the 25th issue of that came out this week but it was the 300th overall issue of conan you know they love their legacy numbering so yeah you know they marked it up to five or six bucks and i wonder if that'll be the last issue uh but as much as it annoys me, like this will probably be really cool. So I'm going to read it and hope that it's good. But I just, I just wish that Marvel would give some more love to all these properties. They keep, you know, getting so proud of getting back. So, yeah. All right. And then Marvel announced some digital exclusive comics. Um, and that list is. Jonathan Hickman and Declan Shelby are doing an X-Men Unlimited uh, series. Scotty Young in Dax Gordy's Return of Giant Size Little Marvels. It's Jeff featuring Jeff the Land Shark by Kelly Thompson and Guri Hiru. Shang-Chi four-issue series uh, done by Alyssa Wong and Nathan Stockman. Black Widow Easter Egg Hunt One Shot by Mark Russell and Molina and Irma Navia. An Amazing Fantasy Prelude by Kari Andrews. And a Captain America series by Jay Edidin and Nico Leon. So there you go. 
it should go without saying that I'm not thrilled as a shop owner that these are digital exclusives. I just hope that uh, that they get collected in trade that I can sell. And yeah. most of them in the past have been, so I don't see why that would change now. It's just still frustrating. I'll be honest, though, only one of those I'm interested in at all. And I'm, I mean, I already know you know which one that is. So, Shang-Chi. <laughs> Absolutely. Jeff the Land Shark. Yeah. It's uh, the Easter egg hunt, actually. Yeah. The one shot. I mean, some of them could be pretty neat. I don't know. It's, it's weird. And like, why didn't the Amazing Fantasy prelude happen before that series came out? We're like two issues in on that. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I know people are excited for anything Hickman X-Men related. And then um, it may be surprising to you, but several people are excited for that Jeff the Landshark book. No, I know. I saw a bunch of different stuff online where people are like, oh my gosh. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Had cute I, covers. I'll say yeah. that. It's like, I hope it's as good as they want it to be. Mm-hmm. you know like there's no part of me that's you know rooting against it but right shang chi is about the only one that i care about it's shang chi for me as the as the saying goes <laughs> the age-old saying <laughs> yep all right i think that brings us to the end of the news that was that was a hefty one this week yeah and it didn't help that we were kept getting sidetracked <laughs> yeah that's true all right so now we will take our ad break. All right. Welcome back, folks. Um, if you'd like, if you didn't want to listen to the ads and you want to see our handsome faces, head over to the old YouTube channel where during that time, Casey gives a movie review on Big Man Japan. So if you want to check that out over on the YouTube channel. But now we will get into the comic review segment. The Our Man power hour extravaganza but oh, first man. before i hit the clock casey which comics did you read crushing lobo uh number four shang chi number four the green lantern 2021 annual green lantern number six maze book the nice house on the lake book four daredevil number 34 Black Manta, one of six. Suicide Squad, the 2021 annual. Blue and Gold, two of eight. Infinite Frontier, six of six. And Batman Fear State, 112. What about you? I read Kzar, Lord of the Savage Land, number one. Suicide Squad, number seven. Maze Book, number one. Black Manta, number one. Suicide Squad, 2021 annual. Infinite Frontier, number six, Blue and Gold, number two, and Batman, 112. Nice. I'm surprised you read May's book. I wasn't expecting that one, man. I like Jeff Lemire. I know. Okay, so I'm going to start with Crushing Lobo, number four of eight, and this is by Tamaki with uh, Nalupan on the art. I'm going to give their... I know it's Mariko Tamaki. I don't know Nalapan's last name, so I'm gonna or first name. So I'm gonna try to find that really quick. Um, it's Amake Nalapan, and the art in it is really good. Um, Crush figures out her way out, and she's gonna start hunting Lobo in this one. And then she still thinks back to her girlfriend, which it's like, 
I'm still kind of like, uh, I still don't really care too much for her girlfriend. She's kind of a jerk in my opinion. Cause if you're dating a superhero, but then you get mad when they save people and they can't be your girlfriend, it's like, just shouldn't date a superhero. That's kind of their job, but whatever. But, um, Lobo kind of, you know, killing a bunch of people, which is fun. And now she's going to hunt, hunt for her dad. So perfectly fine. It's still like, you know, hasn't blown me away really yet. Like the last issue is still the funniest. This one's not that funny. It was just kind of fine. So I'm going to give it a six out of 10. All right. I will start with Kazar, Lord of the Savage Land, number one. And this one was written by Zach Thompson and art by uh, German, Germaine Garcia. Uh, I like the art in this book. It's pretty neat. Clearly, they're trying to do some new stuff with Kazar. Um, Kazar and Shana, Shana? I don't know how, how you say her name. Uh, they have a kid who is just so angsty, Casey. So angsty. Yeah. Um, like, just cursing at his parents for no reason because he's an angsty teen, but they don't, they don't ever address it, which bugs me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe that's just because it's how I was raised, but uh I don't know. They're like having dinner and the son's like, I don't want these plants. I want meat like Zebu has or Zabu. And the and Shanna's like, well, Zabu is a saber-toothed tiger and needs the protein and, and we, we can live off of this. He's like, well, I'm just going to eat meat with Zabu whenever we're out in the jungle. <laughs> like... That's just a conversation that happened in this book. And I'm like, okay, okay. Just kind of flipping through pages here. Uh, But anyway, some sort of weird technology is messing with the Savage Land. And it's like, I don't know, giving the birds like cybernetic eyes or giving some of the dinosaurs like, uh, you know, like weird prosthetics so i don't really know what's going on here um but at the end we see kazar's son like talking to whatever thing is like making all this weird tech stuff happening to the savage land so it's like okay what's going on there and i may or may not find out next issue if it's a light week, I might pick it up. But otherwise, I can't stand this kid. I really can't. Super yeah. annoying. Which is a shame because I didn't pick this up because it said Kazar's annoying angsty teen. I picked it up because it said Kazar, Lord of the Savage Land. And I'm just not getting that. So yeah. uh, we'll see. I'm going to give it a five because the art is definitely worth it. But story wasn't doing it for me yeah i'm i'm was like gonna text you after he like it was depending on what you said about the book i was gonna text him but like dude put this in my poll for this week because i saw the art and it does look amazing but i get enough angst from uh tom taylor's superman so i'm just gonna gonna say 14 lantern yeah (laughs) 
Okay, so next up is Shang-Chi, number four. And this is by Jean Lewin Yang with Daik Ruan on the art. And, you know, it's he needs to go to the negative zone because he's getting these dreams of what he thinks is his sister is there. And so he talks to Reed and Reed's like, you're working with your dad's old people. Uh, yeah, we can't. I, I don't mess with people that I think might be bad unless it's like alternate reality versions of myself that might be evil. If it's something that deals with other people, no, thank you. So, but they were out of town. So they just decided to break in and, you know, go over that way on their own. And they, they get to the negative zone and the, it's not his sister, but it turns out it's his mom is there. And so then as soon as they leave, Oh, the fantastic four show up and they fight. And, you know, at the end, it's like Reed's talking to Captain America. So we need to talk about Shang Chi. And, you know, then Shang is, you know, what, like kind of worried about his mom. Cause his mom's been in the negative zone for years now. And she's acting strange, but all in all, it was a good book. It's not as good as some of these other ones that have been, but this is like more kind of like build up to what's going to happen, it seems. And those stories are never usually as good as like the ones that aren't just build up. So I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10, but it's going to be, it's building to something cool. Right on. Okay, Suicide Squad number seven. And I was excited for this book because that was the cover. Oh, and... nice when ambush bug is a part of a comic it's probably going to be a good time and it was um ambush bug is one of those characters that breaks the fourth wall um but did it before like deadpool did it (laughs) and it was like the cool thing to do i guess is the best way to say it um but anyway, they somehow have Ambush Bug on the team because they need a teleporter. And I guess the only one they could snag was Ambush Bug. So um, Ambush Bug is like telling them all stuff about themselves that they didn't know. Like some of them think they're from Earth Prime, but Ambush Bug's like, no, uh, Bloodsport definitely brought you over from like Earth 420. And it's like really traumatizing for them, which is kind yeah. of funny to me. Um, but anyway, ambush now bug. The, mm-hmm. Sorry, this takes place after the annual, correct? Um, yes, it does. All right, it I'm does. gonna have to get that one then because that annual is really good. It was really good, and I'm something in my brain told me to read the annual first, and I'm very glad that I did. Cause... I am too. This would have been very confusing. But uh, one part that I want to talk about real quick, I think they made a reference to uh, to Bo Burnham's Inside. H- have you seen that? Probably not. I. It's his latest one? special. The oh, one that I he did, did not over see that one. Okay. No. Well, he takes out an ambush book, takes out his phone, and like shows a picture of himself as Superboy. And then there, his little word bubble says, in a sing-songy way, look, I made you some content. And that's like a very popular Yeah, I, I even knew song. that one. Yeah, so. so I'm like, oh, I think that he is, you know, really breaking the fourth wall here. Anyway, uh, Ambush Bug 
teleports them all to hell because Waller wants the Rock of Eternity, which we already knew was there because we've been reading Shazam. So I really like all this stuff. It's like, oh, I know that that's happening. Um, so yeah, they go there to try and find the Rock of Eternity. And then at the end, we find out that uh, all of the people that's been on <laughs> Suicide Squad teams is here in hell. And so they all kind of group up and want to kill the current team which I think is pretty neat. So uh, that was sort of like the, the last page reveal. So more to come on that. But, uh, but yeah, the book was funny. The art's good. You see Ambush Bug. Like he's he's dressed as a different Suicide Squad member on every page, which is hilarious oh, nice. to me. Like he does Captain Boomerang and Harley and a couple others. So um Oh, I guess I didn't say the creative team on this book. Um, but it's, is it Robbie Thompson? Zach Thompson? There's too many Thompsons. Where is the page? Gosh, this is really good for a podcast. I know, know man. Um, ah, here we go. Robbie Thompson, yes. And art was done by Eduardo Pansica. Uh, but anyway... Thompson does a good job with ambush bug and doesn't make him like cringy breaking the fourth wall. Um, but it makes me really excited for the next issue because even characters that have died on this team so far in this issue are showing up. And I think that that is pretty neat. So, uh, so yeah, I liked it. It was super fun. Like a solid eight out of 10 for me. Nice man. Like I, I have, like I said, after reading that annual, I am interested in picking this series up for sure. That's good. All right. So for me, next is uh, Green Lantern, the 2021 annual, and we have a different creative team for this than we do the Green Lantern book, and it shows. Um, <laughs> this is by Ryan Katie with Sammy Basiri on the art and Tom Derenek on the art. Also. And they're like they have to switch. I'm I'm guessing because Basiri just couldn't do the full annual, but his art is really great. And the art that takes kind of joins in, it like meshes well because that's sometimes a problem. They'll get like even if they're two really great artists, it just sometimes just doesn't work. But this one, like I didn't know it was like really that different, and that's a really good thing. But you have it's a Jessica Cruz heavy issue, which you know as you know. I love this character, so that's pretty great. She's dealing like she's got the uh, yellow lantern ring, and Sinestro's like, "Hey, just use it, have fun with it, see if you like it," you know. And so she's like doing this thing and trying to like save these people, but then Hal Jordan shows up, and he doesn't know that you know he just sees a yellow lantern looking like they're terrorizing a spaceship full of people, and so then you know they kind of have a a chit chat. Hal's not very happy. She, you know, she does. They they team up though, and then they kind of have a talk afterwards because the you know Owen battery is blown up. So she's like, "I have this. I can still protect people, and you need to protect Earth because 
you know, you're all that they got. Like, there's no other lantern out there now. So, like, there's times where Hal Jordan wasn't written super well in here, in my opinion. Like, he was kind of a jerk out of nowhere for no reason at times. But Jessica Cruz was awesome, and she's now going to be a Yellow Lantern, do stuff. I wish she was in the more in the main book more because she, like I said, a lot of fun to read. For me, it's going to be uh, eight out of ten. It was really good. I picked up the. Uh the variant cover the b cover of this book and if you didn't see it casey i highly suggest that you check it out i don't have it on me or i'd show you but uh but it's it's just like a full body jessica cruz's yellow lantern and it looks so awesome oh dude you need to read this issue too it's pretty dang cool mayhaps i will i do miss jessica after jlo was canceled yeah and it's like i said different writer and it's pretty good and i'll like i'll talk about this current one like it when he does the lan- actual lantern stuff it's still good it's just the stuff the john Stewart stuff is not good right now in my opinion yeah okay so did you read black manta or not i did okay then i just have the ones we read together oh, okay so which next is a up- surprising six issues from us i know week. it's pretty awesome so next up for me is green lantern Issue six uh, by Jeffrey Thorne with this art that I still just do not like at all. Uh, Marco Santucci and Tom Rainey. And this is this like, it's very much the same. The art is very similar and I don't like it at all. But, uh, you know, we find out that the, the Sinestro three-way was cat ladies. So that's a little bit of backstory that, you know, we didn't have finally. before. Finally, I know. Yeah. So um, old uh, Joe meets Sinestro for the first time. They kind of talk. And Sinestro likes her because she's she has got gumption. I'm going to use that that term, you know. And they, they chat for a little bit. And then uh, we get some Jon Stewart stuff where they're going to wage war with guns. So I don't really care about the John Stewart stuff. Like I like John, but that stuff's just not doing it for me. But having Joe chat with Sinestro is really cool. I like the way um, Jeffrey writes Sinestro. I like how he like writes Joe. He does that really well. Teen Lantern, I don't care about, but she's barely in it. It's so weird. The last issue had Joe fighting a bunch of Sinestro core members and like she wasn't even in it this issue you get teen lantern looking cool on the cover not even in it whoever (laughs) is doing these covers doesn't make any sense but i'm gonna give it a six out of there i'm gonna go five out of ten it's like half of it was good the art wasn't good in it the other half wasn't good and the art wasn't good in it so Uh, next up is the nice house on the lake issue four and this is all through the funny characters perspective and he's talking you know he's telling stuff and he keeps they're running out of food but then like oh they got a bunch of food delivered to their house and then they found out they could leave notes that would say oh i want an apple or i want you know a hat or whatever and they'll just magically appear when no when no one's watching but then one girl was wanting um like basically we, we get to see what they're asking for she kept going like oh did he bring what i asked for like they no one knew what it was and then 
found out what it was and it's her husband cameron and like kept asking for cameron 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 and he's like my husband cameron my husband and then it gets down to day 21 handgun and bullets enough rope straight razor straight razor straight razor straight razor because you know doesn't want to be in this house anymore and so the other dude you know the the other guy he asks for the straight razor then and he kind of tells her you know he's like i need to show you something and then he shows everyone else he had slit his wrists but he's not dying and then he shows cuts his throat they can't die there and that's how that's the big reveal at the end so don't know what's going on but i think they're gonna start talking in the next issue because they're all kind of doing their own thing and this issue is really good really captivating where the other two like the other two i was kind of like so so on like i liked them but i was kind of like i don't know it's mildly losing me but this one was really good and i've kind of forgot to say the creatives on it but it's, uh james tyne in the fourth with um alvaro martinez bueno on the art and jordy belair doing the colors Jordy Belair makes everything like the art already looked good and adding those colors just kicks it up like two notches. So yeah, I'm going to give this a nine out of 10. It was really good. Nice. It actually had me interested, even though that's not my kind of book. <laughs> I know. I think, I think you'd honestly enjoy it. Like just when it comes out in trade, flip through it. Cause like the first issue was very much like a twilight zone story. And like the other two, I was like, eh. but then this one's again, I'm like, I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. And then lastly, it's Daredevil Lockdown Part 4, Issue 34 with Chip Zdarsky and Stefano Landini on the art. And this, I don't think Landini was the one that did the art last time Trichetto quit, but it's really good in this issue. I really liked it a lot. And yeah, like basically Daredevil is ruler of the prison because he got these bad like the prison's been like basically making everyone like it has this thing that kind of makes people rage out and then like it passes on to other people and it's this drug they've been testing like they basically they test it on people and they let them go back to their neighborhood and so it's gonna it slowly spreads out throughout the neighborhood makes people angrier makes more crime more people go to prison gets more money for the people you know basically makes the prison industrial complex stronger it's this is like a very much a hit piece on the prison industrial complex so it's like but it, in my opinion it's very well written so even if you this no matter what your leanings are on that you can look at it and still enjoy it no matter and because it's i mean this is darsky it's really really good and then you have the bullseye going on and you have Electra hunting him, and then you have another person joining the fight, or two more people joining the fight, because Matt finds out that Daredevil's out there, Bullseye's out there, and he's like, "Oh, I'm you know busting out." He's decided he's gonna fight him too with his crazy brain going on. And then it also had the nine eleven, like a nine eleven story at the end, which honestly, it's Joe Quesada was writing it, and then he had a. Uh, John Romita Jr. doing the art. And it's like one of the few times where I'm like, even with those two, with those two knuckleheads, still still got me teary-eyed. Yeah. But it was it was it really was good. good yeah. Oh, you saw it too? I did see it, yeah. It was All in right. Kazar. Oh, okay. Yeah. So 
I'm going to give this a 10 out of 10. I'm so excited for more Daredevil. Like, it's so good. So, yeah, it's great. So let's see if you got you got your books stacked up the same way I do. I'll be shocked because there's a lot of room for error here. I know. Um, Black Manta. Oh, lost it already. Maze Book. Suicide Squad. Infinite Frontier. Batman Blue and Gold. Pretty close. I had it Maze Book, Black Manta. And then Suicide Squad, Infinite Frontier, Blue and Gold, Batman. Yeah, we almost always end on Batman, so I just thought I'd mix it up this time. Yeah, but I mean, it's kind of like, you know, one of the A books and Blue and Gold, let us be honest, they're B books. Hey, we can switch it if you want, man. <laughs> my, my pile is not set in stone. Let's, let's really mix up and finish on Infinite Frontier since that's the last one. Ugh, I didn't really care for it. I thought it was fine. I mean, like, it's it's still very much building up for the next one. We'll just have Blue and Gold be second, the last, and Batman, where Infinite Frontier was. Okay. All right, so Black Manta number one. And this was written by Chuck Brown with Valentin DeLandro on the art duties. And uh, Casey, let's hear your thoughts on it. I liked it a lot. I'm interested in knowing what this other dude is doing. And then I was disappointed that they killed off that or not killed off, but they slit the uh, Martian Manhunter's villain's throat right in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm I'm into it. What you know, you enjoying it? No, not really. Really? Uh, art was neat, but the story by the end, I was just like. I don't really think I care what happens really? next. Yeah. <laughs> See, outside of that weird lady going crazy and killing people, I was like, I'm I'm really much, very much interested in seeing where this goes. But then when that I, they threw that in, I was like, Ugh, that's there might you might be doing too much, Charlie Brown. If this uh if this series was just like him dealing with like pirates that stole from him or something, I'd be like yeah. more on board. But uh I don't know. It's just, you know, it's just not for me. I got you, man. What would you rate it then? Uh, probably like a six. I didn't dislike it. I yeah. Just, I don't want to read any more of it. Yeah, I got you. See, like, that's funny because it's like I'm only at a seven for it, but I still really liked I still <laughs> liked it. You know, I wouldn't say really. Yeah. All right. So May's book, and this is by the amazing Jeff Lemire. So what did you think of this, man? I thought it was pretty okay. The thing was, like, it's not a happy book. No. And I happened to be on Black Star when I was reading this. So, <laughs> man, I I needed to, like, rearrange my pile to, like, make myself happy after reading this because I was in a sad place. But uh... Brielle came home and you're just, like, in tears. Like, What's wrong? <laughs> Uh, but I mean, the art's good. It's it's Jeff Lemire doing Jeff Lemire stuff, you know, uh, solid story. But the end, I was like, okay, I'm in it for number two after reading that. Yeah, no, I'm exact same boat. I'll be honest, like, it was kind of losing me. And then the end happened, and I'm just like, 
Jeff Lemire, you tricky man. Yep. You pulled me right back in. Yep. If if the end wasn't that, I don't know that I would have kept going with it. Yeah, same. Uh, so yeah, what would you rate it? Uh, I'm gonna go with an eight, but like an eight ice, so like eight incomplete, because like it's still like I said, I wasn't super hot on it until the end, and then I'm like, let's see where this goes. Yeah. So if it goes someplace that I think is really crappy, then I'm just gonna come back and be like, yeah, this eight is now a four. <laughs> yeah so i'm i'm at a seven i think just because it was super just okay and a little depressing until that final final couple pages there so we'll see all right so next up is suicide squad the 2021 annual and this is by uh old Robba thompson with uh let's see the art page really quick i should have had this opened up already but you know we're not pros we're still amateurs on this. <laughs> I think it's Dexter Soy. Dexter Soy. Is there another any other art? Because it kind of looked like it's changed. Yeah. Um, also, right. oh, sorry. You no, go you're ahead. good. Okay. So we have uh, Dexter Soy for part of it, and then Eduardo Pansica and Julio Ferreira as the other art. And so, what was your thoughts on this? I loved this issue same like the whole thing all of it was awesome i liked yeah. all the like the two superboy stuff i liked finding out spoiler alert that uh who we thought was superboy was not superboy i had no idea so that was a shock for me um and then i i loved finding out who you know what's going on with flag and who he has as a mole in the team mm-hmm like, and I like that they're bringing games. Mirror Master in. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. And I'm I'm just gonna say this though, with the whole having match be Superboy, there are so many different routes they could have gone on. Like they could have done New Fifty Two Superboy. They because I want them to explain why Superboy has gone back to '90s Superboy when he wasn't that for you know twenty years prior. So yeah. I, I want to know what's going on there. Man, that Superboy it, looks so cool, though. I know. He really <laughs> does. And then, like, I'll be honest, when Bendez brought that, or whoever did the art for that, brought that back and, like, made it even cooler looking. But it's still, like, what the heck happened? Because he's grown and changed a lot since then, and now you just make him go back to that? So, like, is there, you know, the one that we had prior, 90s Superboy, and then now... um New 52 Superboy, and then like are, are all three floating around, or is it just whenever you want them? Because the New 52 Teen Titans is completely different than anything we had prior, so I think I'm like, one, me and Scott Liddell are the only two people that read it, though, so I don't know if it really matters. <laughs> That's funny. Also, I wanted to ask, I don't know, am I just a poser of a comic fan for not knowing who Match is? Like, I had no idea. So, I don't know this for sure. But I think he only and like I don't I'm not I want to read all the 90s Superboy comics. I just haven't. But I think he only appeared in like um, Teen Titans, the Jeff Johns Teen Titans. He might have appeared in something before that, but it was like he just showed up there. It was like when Superboy was dead. So I always thought it was like might be Superboy's dead body, like reanimated. But then it turned out it wasn't. And yeah. Okay. So I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if that for sure that's his first appearance, but that's where I knew him from. 
I'd also like to point out um, this amazing variant cover by Gerald Perel. I think it's really, really good. Dude, that is awesome. So, uh, yeah, I am going to give this a 10 out of 10 because I adored every second of it. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty fantastic, and it's got me wanting to read the series now. Good. Okay, then next, we've got Batman number 112. And this was written by James Tynan and art done by Jorge Jimenez. Man, the art is so good. It is really good. The story, it's fine. Yep, yep, yep. Like, we get uh, the man bun guy. He's going to be fighting. Yeah, he's going to be the uh, secret super police. X. Yeah. So he's the real Red X. Um, but yeah, then it's like Batgirl beats up Batman. And Batman's like, huh, I just must not be, must be off my game because of this other stuff. It's like, Bruce, get off it. You know, Cassie could beat you up any day of the week. I'm glad you're bringing that up because I was going to say that this right here was my favorite page in the book because of how well Cassie's drawn there. And just yeah. like the way she's standing there like, dude, I took you down that easy. Yeah. And then like you have the peacekeeper just out there thinking that you know, he's tripping. He's on a bad trip and he's, he thinks he sees a bunch of jokers and he's just murdering people. But no, this art is just outstanding. Oh, but yeah, like, I don't know. The fear state stuff is kind of losing my interest. Yeah, we'll see. Since this is like the start of it all, I want to see how it plays out. But I just hope that it doesn't end and it's just like, here's the start of future state. You know, like there needs to be more. <laughs> yeah. And then we have a um, clown hunter in DIY by Brandon Thompson, uh, Thomas and Jason Howard. And I like this story. I liked Clown Hunter too. So I thought that was pretty okay. I like Clown Hunter, but this story didn't do anything for me. Really? I mean, it, this, you start at part two and it would be fine. It'd just be a two-parter. This didn't matter. Yeah, no, that's fair. Oh, I just thought something too that I want to complain about, about the Batman thing. So Oracle, you know, amazing, like best computer person in comics gets hacked and then like can't fix it she doesn't know how but then it's like hey ghostmakers his his network is still up he's doing great and it's like that's like one of Titan's biggest problems he's like no no my guys are better mm-hmm. i yeah i do agree with that it's annoying because it'll be all there's nothing i can do about it until she's just like I'm, you know, I'm back. You yeah. Know, my, my system's back up and going. I figured out where they're at and I'm now one step ahead of them. Yeah. It's like th- this, I don't know. It bugs me. It's like either, either make her not as great as she's supposed to be or just make it to where she can't get hacked because I don't know. Is, is the little green Oracle head talking to Gotham City really like, does it have that much of an impact on the citizens of Gotham? You know what I mean? Part of me thinks it's like, cause um, old scarecrow took, 
tech from uh, Mad Hatter. So I'm betting it's kind of mixed with Mad Hatter tech to feed on people's fears too. Yeah. So it's like adding to that. Right. And it's like, that's partially what I'm thinking. But one thing I was thinking about with Oracle, I kind of miss, it's like, you remember when calculator was a thing in DC comics, pre new 52. I do. That was so much fun. Cause you would have like these two people, both very smart, both doing the same thing, except for, calculator was getting paid and oracle wasn't and they would <laughs> they would basically be going back and like you know oracle would be trying to hack him he'd be trying to hack her and it would just be back and forth mm-hmm. and that was that's a lot more fun than it just being like oh man he beat me right you know and also like maybe, maybe he will but like show us why Ghostmaker's tech is like so much superior it just is I think that's all, you know, it's the same thing with punchline. She just is. Right. Well, what would you rate it? I'm probably going to give it a five. I just wasn't super hot on it. The art's amazing. Yeah, I'm I'm more at a seven. I didn't dislike it as much as you, but uh, really hope that something else happens. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like we've been on this, uh, you know, peacemakers going crazy, and and we need to stop them for like six issues. Yep. Okay, so next up is Blue and Gold by Old Daniel Jurgens with um, Brittany. Right, so- oh yeah, sorry, I was like. Brittany's holes are on editing. Um, Ryan Suck on art and cover. <laughs> so the art the editors, the art is fantastic. I love some of these different, like, like this right here. Like that's, that is just great. You yeah, know, it is. And the story is a lot of fun. What, what were your thoughts? My bias for these characters aside, dude, I love it. Like, yeah, I, I think it's just really good. I think Booster, they've made Booster modern without making it like I don't think it's going to feel dated in a few years, if that makes sense. Because um, that that this is just where we're at in today's world. And I don't see yeah. it going away for a while. So sadly. Yeah, I know. I know. But uh, but it's great. Like. I love that Ryan Sook is doing full interiors because every page is awesome and Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like he's rushing any of these panels. Like everything is just like cover worthy. Yeah. Um, And I'm excited. The only thing is like we got like what one page of the alien invasion people and just, just enough to be like, hey, they're still here. But like that was a pretty big part of the first issue, so I kind of wanted some more of that. But otherwise, uh, I think it's great, and I'm looking forward to the next issue where Ted's like, you idiot, why did you do that? And also, we have no money. <laughs> yeah. No, like I'm really hoping this kind of turns into a Heroes for Hire type of thing with Blue and yeah. Gold, which should be, if that happens, it would be so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, this is an easy 9 out of 10 for me. Same here. Yeah, I, I were 100% on the same page on this one. All right. And finally, we've got Infinite Frontier, number six of six, written by Joshua Williamson and art by Zermanico. Uh, so, yeah, like I mentioned before, I just thought this was okay. I 
DC hyped this up to be like a pretty big deal. And really it was just a, Hey, buy our new, our new series coming out. It yeah. didn't feel like a big, there was no like big fight at the end. Uh, most of the big fight happened last issue. This, I don't know. This one just kind of fell I mean, flat was, for me. There was a good bit of fighting, but it was like kind of in the first couple pages, you know, I mean, you had Superman punching, you know, punching the one dude and all that stuff like pretty cool stuff but no, i get what you're saying like and of course i'm gonna read the, the thing that comes after it but i don't know like really my favorite part was uh sorry one second all right had to mute myself so I didn't cough in your guys' ears. Um, my favorite part is when they're poking fun at beer snobs with multi-brewery. Uh, you know, where they're like, they claim they use hops from different worlds in the multiverse. And I think that's hilarious because I love IPAs, but I also understand yeah. why people don't like beer snobs. So uh, that part really cracked me up. But uh, But anyway... Yeah, I don't know. Just kind of felt like snap, everything's done. Uh, check out our next thing in next year. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just like it didn't. This is like kind of like not an event book, but it kind of was. But I do like that they did this kind of in a way that was good because, like, oh, I didn't really care much about Calvin Ellis. I didn't really care about anyone on that team except for Captain Carrot. And so now I actually do care about Calvin Ellis. I don't really care about anyone but Calvin Ellis, Captain Carrot, and I hope Batman is still, you know, Thomas Wayne Batman's still on that team. But that's still better than it was. So that's, you know, that's exciting. And then we kind of get like a little bit more about Darkseid's plan. And then you get like a new baddie. So, yeah, I mean, I will say that all the villains that he's like talking to at the end gets me a little excited. Um, he's bringing in some heavy, heavy hitters. Apart from all the apocalypse people, you've got the upside down man from Justice League Dark. You've got Eclipso. Um, is that now, is Necron he, or whoever? Yeah, is he bringing them in, or are they trying to get it too? Because he's—I know he's talking to the other new gods. Right. And then, oh, well, I don't know. The, I mean, I either okay. way, I just meant I'm glad that they're coming into the fold. I gotcha. Um, yeah, because and is that other guy Trigun that's sitting on the chair? Because I'm pretty sure it's Trigun, but they have him shadowed out. That is a great guess. I honestly was like, I have no idea who this is, but after you say Trigun, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess it could be. But, but. yeah, no, I mean, I think it's it's pretty interesting. I would love to see, like. I'll be honest, Eclipso versus Darkseid doesn't doesn't push the needle, but like the upside down man versus Darkseid is like a really interesting fight. Cause this is like, I don't think Eclipso could could handle Darkseid. Could do much to him, you know? But then like Trigon versus Darkseid could be interesting. Necron. I'll be honest. I'm not the biggest Necron fan. When he yeah, should, like, they'll it was, make him too strong for that. I know they would. I mean, it's just, it's just like when he showed up in Darkest Night, it was such a like, like this was such a thing that was built up and it was like super cool when I was reading. But when I got to that point, I'm like, he's pretty lame. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Well, how would you rate this issue and then the series? I'm going to go with double eights. Um, I want to go six for the issue and seven for the series. Okay. Like a couple issues there in the middle, I was very hyped for and really liked it. But, uh, but the end was pretty meh for me. And yeah. overall it was, it was fine. I got you, man. Okay, dude. So what are you excited for, for the coming days? <laughs> the coming days. Um, okay. So first I'm going to go with. Mm, Mighty Valkyries. Sadly, it's the final issue of the series, which bums me out because it deserved to go on for at least another arc or two. Just um, give it a couple months. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm curious if uh, I kind of want that to happen, but Jason Aaron's co-writer to just write it solo. Because I want to know how much of the series was Jason Aaron and how much was her. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I will say that. Um, I'll say Titans United because I... I'm on the fence about Kevin Scott as a writer, but that book just looks like too much fun not to enjoy. And um, gosh, for a third, I guess I'll say Wonder Woman. Nice. So for me, I'm going to go Godzilla Rivals versus Mothra, which should just not surprise anybody. Um and then say um, Primordial. This should be a pretty good time. I've been pretty excited about this book. So, you know, like, oh, let's hope it's good. And then I'm going to go Superman and uh, The Authority. That one was definitely an honorable mention for me as well. Yeah. All right. Fantastic Four. It is the Fantastic Four time. So this wrestler named um, Minora Suzuki showed up at AEW and people were hyped. Now he is known to be like this tough as nails beats the crap out of people. It was very stiff. Like if, you know, he's, he's really hitting people at times and he's taking hits good too. But I know him from a movie called Kaiju Momo, where this basically this guy takes a, a serum and he turns into a giant pro wrestler and he fights the Kaiju monster ton of fun movie and then like he's basically not able to beat this monster he takes this other serum that puts the evil genome he turns into Minoru suzuki and then just beats the crap out of the monster and saves the day and so that's how i know Minoru suzuki so that's what i picture automatically when i think of him so just give me a time when you know like your original thoughts of somebody or like, you know, like when you're introduced to a character is completely different than what they actually were in the comics. Okay. Um, so the first one is going to be X-Men Evolutions, a show that I loved maybe too much when I was younger. But man, I just thought that show was the coolest. <clears throat> I was like Spike the most for some reason. I'm like, he skateboards, he shoots spikes out of his arms. He is the man. <laughs> Why isn't um, that guy in the comics now? I mean, dude, I don't know. He he was the best part of Evolutions. Uh, but anyway. I mean, that was still Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
but that you know that whole show was just teenage alternate versions of the x-men so clearly when you get to the comics they are nothing like that and then i'm also gonna say kind of batman in justice league slash the animated series just because the comics uh well i don't know like in, in the show he was a little more friendly like could smile and crack a joke every now and then and depending on what comic series you're reading Batman is just way too serious to be that way. Um, and then I'm going to say the boys. I I tried to read it before the show came out. It wasn't good. I watched the show, which is really good. Tried to go back and read the comics again, and I still didn't care for it. Um, and while some of the characters are the same, just the overall tone was different, and I still think that should count. And then uh, I want to say Guardians of the Galaxy and in particular Groot, because you had me read a lot of the Advent and Landing cosmic stuff where Groot um, said more than just I am Groot. And I, I was like, he was one of my favorite characters and I was so hyped for him to be like in the movie and stuff going forward. And turns out that that's really kind of the only time that he uh, says more than I am Groot. So yeah, times have changed for him. For sure, man. How about you? Um, so my, like most of mine will come from the cartoons, like storm from the original 90s X-Men cartoons was so lame like she's actually awesome in the comics but like in that it was just like every every time she gets hit she's like oh and then just hits the ground as <laughs> terrible but um so like storm and then i don't know if you remember creeper ever showing up in the animated series uh, batman the animated series but he was like hilarious and he wanted to marry harley quinn and right. <laughs> i love that version of creeper but yeah. like anytime I read in the comics, he's nothing like that. It's always a little bit of a letdown. Yeah. And then I'm trying to think of a couple others. Um, trying to think. I don't know. Can't think of any others. Cause like most times now it's like my first time seeing the alpha flight was in the X-Men cartoon, but they were awesome in that. And they're awesome in real life. So that one doesn't <laughs> work. Uh, <laughs> like I said, real life, like they're real people. Wait, Sasquatch isn't real? Well, Sasquatch is, but, um, you know, Guardian isn't. Ah, okay. <laughs> Shamans are real, too. <laughs> All right, folks. I think that brings us to the end of the episode. I think so. So let's do our closing plugs. If you would, please go to facebook.com slash two worlds podcast and give the old page a like. You can also find us on uh, Insta, no, Twitter. We'll do Twitter first, at two underscore worlds underscore PC. And on Instagram at two worlds pod. You can email us at two worlds podcast at gmail.com. And uh, also please subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is just two worlds podcast. And, and then, uh, if we get to 100 subscribers, me and Jake, Sailor Jupiter, me, Sailor Uranus, <laughs> Jake. And if you, you know, remember, remember, Mullet Superman at 50 listeners by January 1st. Yep. And please, guys, wherever you're listening to this podcast, um, you know, reviews five stars. We'd appreciate it. But uh, we'd love to stay in chat, but I have to go fantasize over Casey having a crush on me when he's just not that into me.
That's what you think. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.